Hey, welcome in to BetQL's Tailgate to Kickoff. I'm Ryan Horvath getting you set for some action here, some college football action. Gave out a couple bets, a couple totals. We'll get to some best bets here for uh, some of the better games coming up. Uh, coming up in about 20 minutes, we're going to talk with our guy PJ Glasser, host of Send It In. And uh, like I said before the show, he was text messaging me about Jaden Milrow Heisman futures last weekend. I wanted to talk to him a little bit about Alabama futures, Zombie Alabama, the team that just won't die. All right, let's go back over to BetMGM, take a look at some of these games. And the game that I really wanted to give out is my favorite bet of the day. There's been some crazy line movement here. Purdue, I was hoping for a three against Nebraska. We'll get to this game here in a second. But Purdue, now as I look, 3.30 p.m. kickoff today, plus one and a half. So the numbers actually go in the opposite direction. And there's a reason for that. Total in the game, 39 and a half. Nebraska on the money line, minus 125. Purdue on the money line, even money about plus 105. So uh, they go from two and a half point dogs. Luckily, I did grab that. I wanted to wait and bet it bigger at three, but we never got there. It goes down to one and a half. So Nebraska laying one and a half at home. Reason I like Purdue in this game is Nebraska's injury report. Nebraska right now, guys, is uh, beat up. And even when fully healthy, not a great football team. You know what Matt Rule likes to do year one. Year one is usually about building the culture. You saw this uh, when he was at Baylor, obviously. And then, you know, year two, year three, they're winning double-digit games. But right now, um, Nebraska cannot throw the football. And also right now, their injury report is just disgusting. They're going to be without three starting offensive linemen in this game, two of their better wide receivers in this game, and uh, a couple of their running backs as well. So going to lay the number with Purdue. The thing about Nebraska's defense, run defense, they're top 10 in the country, but Purdue doesn't really want to run the ball against you. They want to throw the ball down the field with uh, Hudson Card. They have Graham Harrell calling plays this season. So I'll, even at one and a half, I guess we'll give that one out. I do like Purdue. Plus one and a half against Nebraska. Again, that's a uh, 3.30 p.m. kickoff coming up. Hitting on a couple more of these games. Uh, and one more side note on that. Uh, Purdue's actually going to be the healthier team actually off the bye. And now officially. So Marcus Washington is out for Nebraska. He's a wide receiver. Two of their running backs, Gabe Irvin Jr. and Ramir uh, Johnson both out. And then uh, their leading wide receiver, Billy Kemp, got hurt last week. Three offensive linemen dealing with injuries. And like I said, for Purdue, um, I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball anyway. They're 63rd in the, I'm sorry, 91st in the country running the ball, 138 yards per game. They can throw the ball a little bit, 63rd in the nation in passing offense with 232 passing yards. So uh, actually kind of surprised as we look at that number at one and a half, but I still do like Purdue a little bit. Game of the day, probably Oregon, Utah. Um, this could be an elimination game as far as the Pac-12 championship game. Whoever loses, probably not making the trip. I bet Oregon on the open at four. Now it's six and a half. I still like the Ducks today. If we get to seven, seven and a half, I get the love for Utah. And I also understand why everybody likes Utah in this spot. And I'm going against everybody here. It's a cold weather game. Um, Utah, one of the toughest places to play in the country. Kyle Whittingham, one of the best head coaches in the country. Oregon's offense, though, has been really good. But it's not explosive, and I think that's a good thing in this matchup. So if you look at them, they're 73rd in explosiveness, second in success rate. Bo Nix leads the country in completion percentage, but he's throwing short a lot this season, taking what the defense gives him. Over 70% of his pass attempts this season have been under 10 air yards, and I think that's a good thing against this Utah pass defense because last week we saw an explosive passing offense in USC with Caleb Williams get absolutely shut down by this Utah defense. In that game, Caleb Williams only averaged 7.3 yards per attempt, and he had a pro football focus grade of 68.6, the worst that he's had since he's been at USC. Utah this season, 
11th in passing success rate allowed, second in passing explosiveness allowed. So they're not going to allow you to take the deep shots down the field anyway. So I think what this game comes down to is just Bo Nix, um, Deacon and Duncan down the field. And then Oregon, I think they're going to be able to run the ball even against this Utah front. They have a really good offensive line, definitely the best offensive line in the Pac-12, one of the best in the country. And Bucky Irving this season is averaging over seven yards per carry. Utah's obviously a step up in class as far as run defense, but if you look at Utah's defense, again, like I think that you can run the ball three, four yards per carry at least, eat some clock, and you could hit them with the short throws. Even week one against Utah, uh, against Florida, Graham Mertz was 25 for 29 on throws under 10 yards, and that's Graham Mertz. I'm a bigger Bo Nix guy. He leads the country in adjusted accuracy rate, so I think he could uh, put up some points in this game. Utah outside the top 90 in explosive runs, so I think that the Ducks may be able to hit some explosive in this game. Um, and Utah also struggles against standard down passes. Any pass that's not third and five or Bo Nix, you know, being forced into a third and long situation, I think they're going to be able to move the ball here. And then you look at Utah on offense. I just don't know how they're going to be able to move the ball against this Ducks defense. I know things have looked better the last couple of weeks. I know Bryson Barnes looked really good against the USC defense, but I think that says more about where USC's defense is right now. Alex Grinch, if you guys watched the post-game presser, and again at Monday, uh, on Monday, uh, their DC there, said he said this. So Utah ran a wheel route in that game, and he said, well, we didn't know how to defend that because we hadn't seen that on tape. They literally ran the same route the week before, and it's a simple wheel route, and it was from a running back. There's like five routes that you could run in that offense as a running back, so that didn't make any sense. But again, Bryson Barnes was pretty good against the USC defense, but still, if you look at the four-game sample size, him taking over as starting quarterback. Uh, he's averaging seven yards per attempt and has five turnover-worthy throws. And this, Oregon's de- this Oregon defense is good, man. A big step up in class here for Utah. They have 25 sacks in their last six games. They could get after the quarterback. And their rush defense hasn't allowed 100 yards in the last five games. And granted, they've played uh, five straight passing offenses, teams that aren't looking to run the ball, but they've shut down the run. Again, they haven't allowed 100 yards in the last five games on the ground. And they have 25 sacks in their last six games. So I think they could get after Bryson Barnes. I think they could shut down the Utah running offense, even on the road, and have just enough success on the offensive side of the ball. If I was going to play the total in the game, I would probably only play the under, though. I don't know how many points we get in that game. Total down to 47.5. Oregon up to 6.5 as favorites on the road against Utah. Minus 250 on the money line. Uh, a couple more to hit on, BYU-Texas. Texas, 19.5-point favorites in this matchup. They're going to be without their starting quarterback probably at least for the next couple weeks here. So we're going to get Malik Murphy, maybe even a little Arch Manning in this game. Uh, BYU, 19.5-point dogs. Texas, 19.5-point favorites. Total in the game, 50.5. I lean Texas even with the backup quarterback, even with Malik. I think he's going to be able to use his legs against that BYU defense. Texas's defense is top 10 in the country. They do give up some explosive plays, but I don't know if uh, BYU is going to be able to take some deep shots down the field in this one. So I still like Texas even at 19 and a half, even without uh, Quinn Ewers, who's going to miss the next couple weeks at least. Georgia, Florida. Here's an interesting one. World's biggest cocktail party. Georgia, 14-point favorites. I bet Florida at 14 and a half. If we got to 13 and a half, might lean Georgia and try to middle that thing. The total in the game, 49 and a half. It's minus 115 to the under. I actually like the over in the game, 49 and a half. My concern for Georgia, we talked about this before this, uh, in the beginning of the show, Carson Beck, 30 to one to win the Heisman. But man, I mean, they're pushing the ball down the field, 300 passing yards per game for Georgia this year. But now they lose Brock Bowers, the best tight end in the country. 
he's out for the rest of the regular season. You have to downgrade that offense, even though he's only a tight end because he's their best player on that side of the ball. Still, Georgia, a really good defense. You can't really run on them, but they don't get after the quarterback. You know, Georgia, you look at that defensive line, you look at those pass rushers every year, two or three of them are going in the first round, but the sack numbers just aren't there. And Graham Mertz, believe it or not, talked about what he did against Utah, 25 for 29 on passes, you know, 10 yards or less down the field. That's what he's doing. That's why he's top five in completion percentage in the country because he's just taking what the defense is giving. He's dinking and dunking down the field. I think they might be able to have just enough success to keep this game close. I still like Florida at 14, so I'll lock in the Gators again, plus 14. I like the over 49 and a half, and uh, those are the current prices right now over at BetMGM. Notre Dame off the bye, 20 and a half point favorites against Pitt today. Pitt, it's been a disastrous season. Their starting quarterback going into the year, Phil Dracovic, is now a tight end. Uh, still, you know, I don't know what to do in this spot because the total's 45 and a half. I like the under, and I definitely wouldn't bet Pitt in this spot with Notre Dame coming off the bye. I just don't know if Notre Dame on the offensive side of the ball is good enough to uh, win this one by 21 points. I still don't love what I'm seeing from the wide receivers. We like Sam Hartman, Mitchell Evans, their tight end's a stud. Offensive line's been fine, but 20 and a half is a lot of points. So I think for me in that one, it would be under or nothing, uh, under 45 and a half Notre Dame pit. That's a 3.30 p.m. kickoff. Also coming up at 3.30 p.m., Duke on the road, six and a half point dogs. Minus 115 is the price you have to lay, to, uh, lay it with Duke or to back Duke in that one. 45 and a half is the total. And I wanted to get to some of these injuries. Uh, Pete Thamel had this about an hour ago. So Duke quarterback Riley Leonard is a game-time decision against Louisville today. There's optimism for his chances to play. But the bigger injury, not the bigger injury, but the reason I can't lay it with Louisville until I see what happens here, Jawar Jordan is expected to return for Louisville today. He's their stud running back. If they're going to win this game by a touchdown, and I'm laying six and a half with Louisville, I'm going to need him out there. I'm going to need that run game to get going. But I actually like Duke at six and a half, even if Riley Leonard can't play in this game. Uh, that's a top 15 pass defense. Mike Elko will have his guys motivated in this spot. And I like Louisville. I like Jeff Brown, but I still think we're overrating them just a little bit. Like their biggest win of the season came against Notre Dame. And that was just a really bad spot for Notre Dame, who had just lost a heartbreaker to Ohio State. The following week, went on the road, um, beat Duke last minute. Sam Hartman with that big run on fourth down. And then the next week, primetime spot, travels to Louisville, game days there, and they lose that one. So, um, yeah, I like Duke at six and a half. Auburn, six and a half point favorites against Mississippi State today. Uh, total in that game, 40 and a half. That's a pass for me. Michigan State, I bet it's seven. They're taking on Minnesota. Uh, the total in that game, 41 and a half. I still like Michigan State even at six and a half. They have yet to win a Big Ten game. They've been competitive in most last week. We're not competitive against Michigan. They got blown out in that game as 24-and-a-half-point dogs. But Michigan State, since the bye and since they fired Mel Tucker, has been much more competitive. Probably should have beat Iowa a couple weeks ago. And I feel like Minnesota is going to be feeling themselves a little bit. They finally get it done against Iowa uh, last week. We did bet Minnesota in that game. But they have some injuries in their backfield. And Michigan State defensively getting a little bit better. They can run the ball. I think Michigan State keeps this game just close enough. So it's six-and-a-half. Uh, I still like them. Purdue, Nebraska already gave out Purdue. Uh, Miami back home today. They're 16 and a half point favorites. Actually, that's bounced up to 18 and a half over at BetMGM. Virginia, 18 and a half point dogs coming off a big upset win over North Carolina. Total in the game, 47 and a half. It's minus 115 to the over. 
If I were to do anything in this game, it would be Miami or pass. Looks like Tyler Van Dyke is going to be back for the Canes. Um, they finally won a home conference game under Mario Cristobal, their first one last week over Clemson. So maybe they continue to uh, ride that momentum. Here's one I bet on the open. More line movement, though. Iowa State opened as one-point favorites against Baylor. They're now out to three. I like Iowa State in this game. The total's 47.5. I don't know if I'd do the three. Money line price is minus 150 right now with the Cyclones. Um, but I think that's the right, the right bet. They got back-to-back wins. They're coming off the bye. I think they're going to be extra motivated. Baylor's won two straight in this series, seven of the last ten overall. And this isn't a very good Baylor team. And Iowa State is one of the healthier teams right now in the Big 12. They hit the road without anybody on the injury report in this game. Offensively, they're not going to do a whole lot, most likely. 107th in the country in total offense. This might be the worst Dave Aranda defense ever at Baylor, though. 99th in total defense, 59th only in total offense. They've been a little bit better since they got their quarterback, Blake Shapin, back. He's got five touchdowns, no picks. But if you watch his play the last couple of years, he does get sloppy with the football. And Iowa State has one of the best defenses in the Big 12, top 10 in the country. I like them a lot today. Uh, they're 3-1 and one against the spread in their last four overall, if you're into that sort of thing as well. So give me the Cyclones today, but we have seen some line movement from one-point favorites to three-point favorites. If you don't mind laying a big price, uh, minus 150 on the money line is what we got going there. USC looking to bounce back after another loss. They're 10.5-point favorites on the road against Cal. Total in that game is 66.5. Caleb Williams, a lot of people want him just to shut it down. He's most likely going to be the number one overall pick. Looks like he's going to continue to play, at least for now. Staying away, don't know that I could lay a number in double digits with USC until I see that defense get consecutive stops. Also have no interest in backing Cal. Not sure that they're going to be able to keep up with that USC offense. And it's been a weird week for USC. Lincoln Riley, like myself, was also sick, missed two days of practice. Um, so that's just a stay away from me. Marshall, Coastal Carolina. Want to hit, want to hit on this one really quick. Marshall opened his four-point favorites. It's actually come down to three. So Marshall... Uh, down to three, Coastal Carolina takes some money, which is a little surprising because Grayson McCall, starting quarterback for Coastal Carolina, ruled out for this game. That came about an hour ago from Pete Thamel. So no Grayson McCall. I actually like Marshall in the game. Not sure why the line's moving against me. Washington looking to bounce back after barely getting past Arizona State. They're 27.5 point favorites on the road against Stanford tonight. Total in that game, 61.5. I'd maybe look at a team total. It's not up right now. Over for Washington. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be extra motivated after not scoring an offensive touchdown last week against Arizona State. I think Michael Penix is going to look to pad those Heisman stats. That would be my side there. And then before we get to P.J. Glasser, Tennessee, Kentucky. Tennessee down to 3.5. Their favorites on the road against Kentucky. Total in that game, 51.5. Not your typical Tennessee Josh Heupel offense. Joe Milton still not doing a whole lot. Um, I mean, the first half against Alabama last week, he looked like Patrick Mahomes. Second half, didn't do anything. Tennessee right now, they're beating you with their ground game. They have a good offensive line. They're averaging over 200 yards rushing. They have three really good running backs. Um, I know Kentucky's getting some love here. I know that they beat up on Florida a couple weeks ago. If I'm betting this game, I'm only betting Tennessee at three and a half in a game where the total is 51 and a half. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with our guy, PJ Glasser. We'll talk some Alabama SEC futures, some Heisman, and get his best bets for the day. The BetQL tailgate to kick off. <laughs> 